Hello everyone, my name is Jordan Lewis. Welcome to the Re-Evolve Media Revolution podcast where we interview Canadian underground hip-hop artists and get a better understanding of how geography, age, and gender, among other things, influence not only the art that is created, but also how it is perceived. This episode features Shea Pitts. I've heard the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover, used many times over the course of my life, and as much as I'd love to localize this statement to being just about having a leisurely read, unfortunately this battle can be extrapolated into how we as human beings stereotype the beautiful and complex individuals that we see on a daily basis. One of my greatest learnings was to understand that I can only perceive the world through my unique lens. Others may see things differently. Throughout our lives, we've soaked up information based on our experiences and our understanding of the experiences of others, and we've conditioned ourselves to believe that we actually understand anything. As I think more about this, it sort of sounds like a defense mechanism. It is impossible to know if our predetermined thoughts are correct. A positive assumption can lead to an unstable situation, and a negative assumption can lead to a missed opportunity. Being open-minded and open-hearted while seeking answers instead of following conditioning is not the way that humans generally operate. I think this is because it takes effort and relies on our ability to think on our feet. Maybe we've also been disheartened by failures in previous endeavors of understanding the world, and so we attempt to draw boundaries on subjects even though both the observer and the observed are in a constant state of change. I'd like to reframe the don't judge a book by its cover statement and simply swap out the word don't with can't because for some reason it's in our DNA to make assumptions about the book. But I would like to make clear that we cannot accurately do it. We all have an opportunity to listen with intent to understand. If not what is heard, maybe a bit about yourself. Here's Shea Pitts. What is up, everyone? I'm here with Shea Pitts out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. How you doing, Shea Pitts? I'm great. Good, good. That's good to hear. I almost butchered Halifax and Nova Scotia in there. You're my first <laughs> artist that I'm interviewing from out far east here of Canada. So thank you for being that person. It's no problem. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. And before we got on the record, you were going to mention how you were kind of out, uh, what was it? You were out in BC a little bit earlier and that was music related? Yeah, I actually was in BC for around a year. I was there from July 2020 all the way up until a month or two ago. And oh, while wow. I was down there, I was working on a lot of music, um, mostly behind the scenes stuff, no releases or anything because of COVID, everything's kind of down out there. Yeah, of but, course. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I worked with this amazing producer named Arrow, and we actually started playing together my first couple of singles and the start of my first album that I'm going to be putting out soon. So that was super dope. That's awesome. And so was it just to work with this producer that you headed out? No, I just wanted a different experience. And uh, I just graduated high school and I just wanted to go somewhere else and try out something new. And on top of that, my dad actually works in film and he had an opportunity available for me to work under him. And so it was a little bit of everything, the music, the job and money opportunity, and also a change of scenery. That's awesome. But only limited to a year then. I actually came out to Nova Scotia just for a visit. Um yeah, and then uh, the COVID cases are just so crazy in BC uh, that I just thought it would yeah. be a really good idea to stay here where there's like 100 <laughs> cases. That's entirely fair. Yeah, I forget it kind of in my bubble here of just staying at home that that's still like affecting people's travel. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm guessing you work from home then. 
Yeah, majority of my my studio is in the home. Literally 99% of what I do is in the home. And then that other 1% is like sprinting in and out the door. That's super dope. Absolutely. But so you just made that decision to stay in Nova Scotia just because it's a little bit more mild there as far as COVID goes? Yeah. And it's also easier because I haven't put out music in about two years. My first, it's been a um, yeah, my first project I put out, it's titled Glory, my EP, um, was two years ago. And I recorded the whole thing when I was 15. And it's just time for something no new way. and something fresh. Yeah. And so now I'm super excited um, because there's videography um, opportunities out here, photo shoot opportunities, show opportunities. There's lots popping out here because of how small the case number is. Interesting. So, so Glory hit uh, hit the fields in 2019. That that would be when you were about 16, 15, 16 ish. That it actually got released then. Yeah, I was 16 going on 17, but the okay. whole thing was recorded when I was 15. Yeah. That's interesting. See, it's it's always hard to time reference things like that because you you see the person, you hear the music, and then you're like, okay, that's the person who sings this track. Whereas in reality, it, no, it's it's 16 year old you who or 15 year old you who actually put this music <laughs> out. So so it might yeah. be uh, completely different for what you're working on today. Yes, and that's the reason why I'm so excited to put out my new music because obviously, like it's only like two or three years difference, but like 15 to 18, I feel like is a huge jump um, as far as content matter and just how you view the world as a whole and just everything. And so I feel like I'm coming with a completely new and fresh sound and new and fresh outlook, especially when it comes to my lyrics and production. So that is like what's the most exciting for me. What is the hip hop local hip hop scene like in in Halifax there? Um the hip hop scene out here is definitely I would describe it as tight knit. Everyone knows tight-knit. everyone. Um there's different communities in music so there's like the hip hop community and then like the kind of pop community and they the genres band together 100% because there's like usually one genre per show usually. Um, so everyone knows everyone. I find everyone works together more or less. And okay. um, it's a really nice collaborative scene. Is it because the music scene as a whole is kind of tight knit? Or maybe I'm not too sure of the population of Halifax, to be honest. So is it is there like a lot of different scenes? Um, I don't want to say a lot. Um, the most I would generalize it into is kind of like hip hop and R&B and then okay. more like pop and folk. Okay, okay. Sort of thing. Um, a more urban community is what I'm involved in. For real. Okay. Yeah. So is that kind of the roots that you're involved with and some of the inspiration behind your music? Yeah, 100%. And there's lots of um, amazing MCs that have been in Nova Scotia for a while that have um, given me critique and helped me to develop my craft, for sure. When you were in BC, did you get out often into the scene there? No, I didn't. The extent of my music experience out there was definitely just in the studio mostly behind um, doors yeah, yeah, of COVID. Because I, yeah and i find the easiest way to network and the way that i networked and found my way into the scene out here is through shows and showing up to people's shows and supporting them and networking that way and that just wasn't an option in bc except through sure. social media but there's only so much you can do you know so um yeah i definitely have more roots and supporters out here absolutely do you think, uh, I guess this is kind of obvious to think, though, that if COVID weren't around, you might have been more uh, involved in the local scene while you were in BC? Oh, 100%. And I feel like I could have gotten a little bit further when it came to releases or promotion. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. You got to work with what you got. For sure. I'm sure there were uh, pros and cons, almost equivalent. Yeah. 
That's dope. Did did the work that you were doing with uh, your dad kick in? Was it kind of overlapping with hip hop or is it completely different off the books? It actually kind of did in a sense, just in the way where we were working. We actually worked with Kelly Rowland at one point. That was an amazing oh, no experience. She That's is awesome. so yeah. sweet. Yeah. So um, every once in a while you do meet like a really cool person that makes music or, um, you know, you talk to like the sound guy on set and he's worked with like a bunch of amazing artists. It does overlap in certain yeah. ways uh, because it is a creative field. You get to network with some high profile professionals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, it's very dope. I never thought about it that way. So what what would you say your main inspirations were uh, behind becoming an artist? Sorry, we're going to trail off from that conversation. For sure. It's fine. Um, my number one inspiration, well, ever since I was younger, I was very, uh, write, reading and writing came very easy to me. Sure. Um, so I've always just naturally been a writer. And I've been in dance from the time I was three up until like 12 or 13. So I always was performing and I was very comfortable okay. um, on stage. And uh, I got to a point where I was like, I do not want to go to school. Not my thing, not for me. I'm <laughs> smart, but I'm just not yeah. doing it. And yeah. I remember I was 13 years old and I was standing in the living room with my dad. And it was during um, the VMAs when Nicki Minaj, like her Anaconda track had just come out. And she comes yeah, on stage yeah. and boy, toy named Troy. And I was like, well, I can't sing, but I can rap. So I can do that. and that was like a defining moment right there that's literally where it started like i'm not even joking um and so then i started writing music and i I discovered i could sing and write um songs with a tune as well and i've just developed from there thank you nikki (laughs) straight up honestly i was gonna say uh through it all that i've found some influences from uh nikki minaj and just kind of actually that era uh in your music like even even from the way that the beats you've chosen are uh, laid out in your six-track album there, Glory. Mm-hmm. I found some influence from Nicki, from Drake, just a lot of the artists from that time you're saying you were inspired. So that's that's really cool to kind of take that into account. That's actually really interesting that you say Drake because I've had a couple people tell me, oh, you sound like the female Drake. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's a really nice comparison and I appreciate it, but I never thought of it that way. I, I'd say so, but it's for it's for a reason that I can't really like put a pin in. There's there was one track specifically that had like this really nice bass to it that I was like, oh, this sounds like a, like a Drake vibe. And then even on top of it, your bars and stuff, you don't you don't really take the same approach that a lot of mainstream females in hip hop do with your music like you uh, yeah. or maybe at least for this uh, tra- the six track project here, Glory. Uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of far from that. You're, you, I wouldn't say you take like a male approach by any means because I feel like differentiating the two is just it's, uh, it's a strange world in hip hop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually definitely... interesting. Oh, sorry, so, go so, ahead. No, it's all you. Oh, thank you. Um, I find it really interesting though when you say I don't, I'm not taking the same path as other female artists or rappers, and I act, I definitely want to agree with that in the way where I adore female rap. Like I love it. I listen to it all the time, and I have nothing against it. But one theme that's really prominent in female rap right now is sex. And of course, yeah. I really want to be able to come into the game and show that it's possible to make a fire ass track without rapping about what's on my body, without rapping about stuff with guys and sex and stuff like that. I know it's possible. And I want to be able to come into the game and maybe shine a more serious light on female rap. I feel you on that. So is there like kind of like a criteria that you're trying to kind of points you're trying to hit and then points you're trying to avoid like actively? Or do you feel like it's just something you're naturally trying to progress through? 
I'm a little bit of both. Um, it is just a natural thing in the way where I don't feel comfortable expressing myself super sexually. I feel like I'm still a baby. I just turned 18. <laughs> like, it just doesn't feel right to me. You were, ra- um, but, you were raised right. <laughs> yeah. But also... <laughs> Not to say anybody else was raised wrong, you know. I don't want to no, step yeah. on anyone's toes, but... <laughs> But feeling, because it's not, it's not guilt. It's not shame. It's more. Uh, I just carry myself different. I think. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, and it also is something that I try to do in the way where, like, even the other um, last week, I was shooting for the cover of my next single, which actually comes out May twenty first. Um, and I was going through the pictures last night with her to pick one. And there were so many that I loved that I was like, no, too sexy, too sexy, too sexy. And like, I actually (laughs) had to like pull something innocent out of the pictures, you know? Interesting. I'm guessing innocent, but then still had a bit of that flavor and vibe with the other ones hold, or were you completely against that grain of going for sexy? Oh, still lots of sass. Okay, okay. I'm definitely very spicy in my performance and my approach. She got attitude, yeah. But, um, yeah, I really want to refrain away from too, showing my body off too much. or yeah, it, You can do it in a tasteful way, 100%. But for me, I feel like less is more. Okay, I agree. And do you think uh, ever in maybe in the near future, in the future, that there will be a time and place to, to just exhibit that persona? Or do you think it's, it's maybe even just as for now, it's an avoid at all costs type vibe? Um, I'm not sure what the future holds. All I know is right now, um, I'm young, I'm 18, and my demographic is definitely going to be a bit younger. Okay, um, I still do swear in my tracks. <laughs> um, that's something that I haven't cut out, but... Um, <laughs> is it, it is something still, you want to cut out? No, not really. I can't lie. Uh-huh. I feel like it adds emphasis on my words. Yeah, word. If, it, if it's part of your like daily communication, who cares, right? Oh, 100%. It is 100%. Um but I definitely want to push forward an image that's very woman boss. <laughs> that's the only I way to put like mean. a female boss, like a woman that does what she needs to do and exhibits it and carries it out in a professional manner. Okay, so um, you look at her as like a, a respected authority figure than uh, a appeal visually type person. Oh, look at who, sorry? Yourself, sorry. <laughs> oh, myself, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. As, no, 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 that's totally fair. As the person that you want to be kind of like portrayed yeah. at, as that that like boss figure. So like you 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 know that I'm coming with uh, the authority or with the bars versus mm-hmm. – uh, that that alternate figure that we're trying to avoid yes for sure and i also another thing that's very prominent right now is you know like the long nails and the crazy outfits and the crazy makeup and the weaves and stuff and i feel like it's possible to look like a bad bitch without putting a weave in your head like it looks great no matter like either way but i want to show these little girls that are looking at these grown women with tracks in their head and uh, you know a bunch of money to make themselves look better i want to say because they already look amazing without it um and they can't achieve that and i feel like it's definitely a downer for young girls so i want to show yes natural hair is beautiful yes minimal makeup is beautiful yes press on nails are beautiful you don't have to go (laughs) and get crazy gems on your fingers it's possible i love that i love that we're gonna take that quick break that i told you about and we'll jump right back into the conversation 100 percent for sure all right easy and we are gonna listen to a track by shape pits this one is called hop out enjoy If you wanna try and wait 
this But it's here if you want it, I know you want it Don't get caught up with the rumors, I know they talking Just get caught up with a real one, I'm seeing profit All the places that we go and they not invited Girl, I'm nothing like your exes, so get excited Trying to keep you by my side, but you think inside chick Buy you anything you want, still you don't buy it Still my hotline bling every time you miss it Girl, I know you optimistic, come be my missus Trying to get it how I live, still you don't get it Just cause you're alive doesn't mean you're living Trying to show you something more, for sure I'ma open up doors, for sure Will I take you on tour? What's good? What's good? I am back with Shea Pitts. Shea Pitts, how you feeling? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well, very well. Uh, before we let off, we were talking about kind of more or less the image that you wanted to portray as yourself as as an artist, um, counter kind of to the the mainstream appeal or the the sex sells vibe that we've got going on a lot. Do you find that there are any artists in the mainstream that are kind of along the lines that you want to take after or kind of like a mentor or idol that you have currently? Um... I definitely, because I sing and I rap, so there's going to be two different sides as far as singing. um, We don't have similar voices at all, but I really love Ariana Grande's aesthetic and the way she promotes herself. It's just a sweet, kind, loving human being um, that connects with her fans and sings. You know, like when you hear Ariana Grande's name, it's rarely associated with drama. And if it ever is, she responds to it in her music. You know, she doesn't make it, Absolutely. And I really love how she does that. Um, And as far as rap, I really love Doja Cat. I feel like she is very versatile and she's able to cross between many different genres and promote herself just as herself. You know what I mean? Like when you think Doja Cat, you don't think, oh, just a rapper. Oh, just a singer. Oh, just a this or just a that. You think she's She's just Doja Cat, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Word. I, I love that. Uh, speaking speaking in terms of like Ariana Grande though, just because I have more experience uh, with her, I, I love Doja Cat mm-hmm. as well. I just haven't I haven't invested enough time. I definitely need to get into that. But for Ariana Grande, I find that she used to have that kind of like more innocent, sweet, aiming towards a younger audience uh, visual appeal, and then lately she's a, a bit leaned away from that, especially in her more most recent track. How, what what is your opinion on that? I think that all artists grow. You know what I mean? Like when she first started putting out music. I'm pretty sure her very first single was recorded when she was actually 17. Um, as far as I remember, put your hearts up. I'm pretty sure she was in her uh, late teens when that came out. And so if you compare that to, I don't remember how old she is. I think she's 27 or 28 and she's like engaged, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. two completely different people. You change That's over totally 10 years. Fair. And so I think it's beautiful how she was able to go into that transition and be who she wants to be. So in in 2018, I guess, is when you first started uh, 
full-on releasing music. Is that is that right? I think the first track I got you pinned for here is We Got Love. Yes, that was my very first track. I recorded that with um, a producer and engineer out here on the East Coast named Tempo. He was the very first person I ever recorded with. And um, I think it's a cute recording, but it's kind of funny thinking of, you know, brace-faced me. <laughs> writing that and going in the studio yeah. with my cracky voice and laying auto tune. <laughs> She's inspirational. What can we say? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but to be honest, as far as it, as far as the content and quality of the music go, I would not have guessed that you're you're a teenager, a young teenager at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Especially, I was actually fourteen with that's that one. Wild. So yeah. Was it was it you who was the one who wanted to to create this music and put this project out, or were was someone kind of helping you along in in this route? Because I know even even in today's world, it's hard to get music out or to put together a complete project. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one supporter still to this day is a hundred percent my stepdad Dave. Um, oh, that's awesome. He was the very first person that believed in me before my mother. My mother was like, "You want to be a rapper, huh?" Girl, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he's actually the person that lined me up with my in my first um, recording session and got me onto my first show. And every single show that I've done is because of him lining it up for me. And every single song that you see on um, Spotify and Apple Music, he learned how to upload for me. Um, and he was just 100% my number one supporter and helped me so much along the journey. That's crazy. So you've already got a, a few shows under your belt. Mm-hmm, yeah. What tracks have you performed out, out there? I've performed pretty much every single track that's on Spotify. So uh, the Yo. six EP tracks from We Got Love. That's sweet. That's in, that's incredible. And you told me that before you had experience in dancing and stuff. So I'm sure you had experience and confidence in front of an audience before as well. Oh, yeah. And there were a couple times, too, where I um, actually had amazing dancers uh, come and do backup with me and I learned the choreography with them. I actually did that for uh, the East Coast Music Awards. I danced with no dancers. Way. It was such a dope performance. So this is all kind of just like natural steps for you. Yeah, it's kind of how my brain works. As soon as I um, hear a song, whether I'm working on a performance or a music video or a photo shoot, I instantly have an image of what I want that sound to look like. That's really cool. So as confident as you were at such a young age, what what other alternatives as far as like careers or options go have you considered? Um, well, even though it's actually such a drastic comparison, I wanted <laughs> to be a brain surgeon at one point because my grades were always pretty good in school. And so yeah. I was planning on actually like going all the way through school and becoming a brain surgeon. Yo. Yeah. Is that is that still alive in the back of your mind, uh, even just a little bit, like a tiny light of that? Or is it, no, I'm an artist? Oh, 100%. hell no. And God forbid my own personal music doesn't work out. I still know for a fact I have to work in the arts for the rest of my life or I will not be fulfilled. That is awesome. You, you know that for a fact. And that's obviously mm-hmm. been inspired uh, into you. Or is that kind of just like the natural feeling that you have? Well, I just, I know it because I want it so bad. And I know for a fact that if I don't give this music thing 100% my all, as soon as this first single drops, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. And I'm always going to wonder what if. Yo, I love that. Let's talk, let's talk a bit about uh, the, uh, about your project Glory here. Um, how, how did this come together as the whole six track project that it was? Is this all kind of your uh, creation and your entire planning out? Uh, because like the way that I see it is 
glory. It seems like, well, I, I, like I told you before, I'm feeling the few musical influences kind of from like Drake and Nicki. But the way that the project plays out is you got glory, sofo, anxious, jokes on you, hop out, and then ice cold. And the way that it starts is you kind of talk about kind of issues and problems that have circulated on in life and, and uh, your feelings towards it. And then you kind of take this step back from it and then realize and take yourself out of those problems and issues. And you end that project on like a really confident note with uh, hop out and ice cold where you kind of like are, are, are more or less what you were saying before about being the boss mm-hmm. and, and, and having that visual appeal. So was that kind of like in the whole plannings of this project or did it kind of just come together in itself? Well, a little bit of both because I actually, the tracks were completely random. And the reason why, oh, hey. the, well, because then I was able to mend them together in a storyline that actually is yeah. very similar to the one that you just explained. Um, <laughs> that actually is the way that I put the, so the track intention for behind that it. purpose. Yeah, yeah, it was after I created the songs. But actually, the funny thing is, the reason why I released the EP, I wasn't really ready to release my first body of work, but I felt pressured to because in order to perform at the ECMAs, you have to have um, a body of workout. No and way. I wanted to perform, and so I threw it out there. Okay, interesting. Did you feel yeah. that you had enough time to do it justice, or do you feel that it was kind of like packaged for sale? I don't feel like I had enough time at all. Um, I look back on it and I feel like it's kind of unfinished and you can kind of tell, or at least I can tell that I didn't know my sound at the time because it kind of goes from like grungy, heavy bass, R&B slash rap track to a groovy track. You know what I mean? Or it's yeah. just to a trap sound. They're like, it's just kind of <laughs> all over the place. And I'm going to love it no matter what, because it was my first body of work and that's little baby Shay expressing herself yeah. <laughs> but um i've definitely evolved a lot since then that's really cool i, I don't know for me it's the way that it kind of like you were saying you kind of put piece the tracks together and then put them in in a way that made a story it's kind of interesting to me how it almost happens naturally that way like mm-hmm. you don't have to actually intend to do it but it almost seems like i don't know like for somehow you were planning it all along you know like it was like subliminal or something well but, i wouldn't be surprised if it was subliminal because my favorite albums are albums that tell stories in the track list in the track order the way an album yeah. is put together and the series of how the songs are um, added to the album matters so much to me because i'm definitely an album listener and even with the next album that i'm putting out um that i'm working on right now it has a story a hundred percent in the way the tracks are threaded together yeah interesting okay so the just because of your like love for it it's probably like just embedded into your subconscious and just your natural way of doing things maybe Yes, 100%. That's real cool. I'm going to piece a, piece apart a couple things from uh, Glory, and then maybe we'll see if, how they apply to uh, your projects that you're working on today. For sure. Uh, just because I do find that when you do have those early bodies of work, you tend to like kind of focus on individual themes, which I do see in your uh, six different tracks here. And then mm-hmm. uh, kind of as you go on and extrapolate on your career, you dig into those themes a little bit more. Or some artists tend to kind of just leave them in the past and then uh, avoid them. So... Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Glory, the headliner track or the title track. It's kind of a track about uh, the grind and your vision and you include bars. I guess there's there's a bar in there about kind of like family attempts to sabotage you. Yeah, uh, I've definitely gone through my fair share of, um, how do I say this nicely? Just people cutting down your career choice? Um, not exactly that. People over supporting because they see gain if I make it for themselves interesting that see that was my I've mind went the opposite direction in me <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> where, look it's sus and i'm like dude 
just, you just know that their intentions are just not going to coincide with like your plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those are and people obviously close to you. Big, yeah, yeah. And I obviously, like, I have big visions for myself. And with this big vision, obviously, comes quite a bit of money. And um, just kind of situations where I can see myself being in an uncomfortable situation and a family member asking me for money and feeling like I can't say no. I can see that very clearly, see that happening. Um, so that's Ooh. definitely where that bar comes from. So at 15, 16, you are already hitting these these notes and these uh, kind of events are happening in your life and you're realizing them at such a young age. Isn't that, is, doesn't that sound crazy? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Maybe it's a foreign concept to me, but you actually lived through it. And do you find it still kind of happening a little bit in your life today with oh, uh, kind of like foreign entities seeing, seeking you as like a, a way to like up their bets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it a lot. And I don't want to comment on it because then they'll be like, oh, you think you're all that. You know what I mean? And oh, think that yeah, I'm being yeah. cocky or conceited. But yeah, I feel like I'm pretty good at seeing through people's intentions, especially when um they're already asking me for the things that I'm expecting them to ask later on when I have more money. You know yeah. what I mean? So Yeah, um, I feel you. Yeah. Man, and then yeah. so the the next track, So Faux, kind of like pairs into that really well. We won't dig into it too deep because we are running on time here. But uh, then your next track, Anxious, it kind of it, it embodies that like hopeful positivity. Uh, is this track kind of like a, a note to self or are you speaking to someone in particular? Is it like to the world? It's definitely just, it's a love song about how you feel when you have like butterflies in your stomach and you see them and you don't know what to say or do or how to act. And it's just a very kind of cheesy um stereotypical love track is what hey. i would call anxious okay okay i mean that in a good way you mean it in a good way <laughs> yes i love that track um, but that's what i see it as i enjoyed it quite a bit and then you kind of flip the script on the jokes on you track to being the opposite of the love song that was my very first heartbreak my 15 year old heartbreak that i went oh. through that i wrote about that was based on a real experience which is so hilarious to me yeah now i look back and i'm like that person doesn't matter <laughs> Yeah, but it's so interesting to see how uh, you in your 15-year-old state is able to articulate these thoughts and feelings and then kind of relate them to how you feel about them now, which I don't know, as as life goes on, those heartbreaks, whatever problems come and go in life, and, and then they are similar or reminiscent of that same shit from the past. So it's it's very interesting that you're kind of like having these experiences and feelings at such a young age, and then you're just like documenting them in these tracks. Yeah, 100%. And then uh, the final track, or actually, let's talk about Hop Out, because you, you did a music video with, uh, it's Maje, right? Yes, love him. Um, you guys did a music video that's kind of like a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where my brain goes. <laughs> it, that's awesome. Is, so is that kind of like a stance that you want to take for more projects in the future? Whose idea was it to kind of put together uh, the quality and level? Because like, you, you, got, you got dancers, you, you're dancing it up yourself. You, you've got kind of like a story going on in the background as well. It's really cool. Yeah, um, that I don't want to big myself up, but that video <laughs> concept was my idea, like all of it. Nice, um, that's you're just the how creative I think. director. Yeah, I think um, when I, like I said, when I hear a song, I think of how that sound looks immediately as soon as I hear it, and that's even what I'm doing in my next video shoot that I'm doing this weekend for my upcoming single. Uh, the first thing I thought when I heard the song and I heard the beat for "Crying," which is the name of my next single, um, it's "Crying." Pink. It's called "Crying." Yeah. Okay, "Crying." Yeah. Um, and all I could think was pink. <laughs> so the whole video is just pink. And all I could think was like a hair salon. And so we're actually shooting a cute little dance scene in like a hair salon. And it's going to be super dope. 
That's awesome. So you're one of those artists who just like kind of has a vision and instantly puts, um, brings that vision to life or puts pen to paper and just kind of builds from that, eh? Yeah, I'll have the vision. I'll do anything I can in my power to make it come true. That's really cool. So on that note, let's talk about the stuff that you've got coming up as well as crying. So you haven't put out music for how long has it been? It's been two years? Two years, yeah. So I'm assuming these stuff that we're going to be seeing in the near future, including crying, you said May 21st for that, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the day. This is going to be that amalgamation of the last two years of your life? Or is this all kind of like within the last couple months and now it's kind of ready to be put put through? This is within the last year. The whole entire basis for my next project, my next album, I went through like a very difficult time um, from around last January all up until I moved to BC. And I actually was in a very toxic, very difficult relationship. Um, I don't want to go all the way into the details. Obviously, it's a little bit personal, but it's all going to come out on the album. And crying, actually, it's the opposite of what you think it is. The lyrics are actually, (laughs) you got me fucked up if you think I'm up at crying. Um, And so it's kind of an ode to becoming that boss in your own life and not relying on a nigga for shit. Exactly. So as much as like it was a dark time in the past, it's it's not it ain't shit. You've, you've gone through, you've come through it, and now you're ready to just kind of just like leave it in the past. Yeah, and obviously I've made like lots of like sad tracks and angry tracks, and I think the raw emotion in those tracks is what is really going to make the album stand out. Um, but this track definitely focuses on that emotion of I don't need this anymore, I'm moving on. So, so for Crying, you've got a music video coming out? Yes, I've got um, the video shoots actually tomorrow. Oh, no shit. Yeah. That's sick. I love I love how you've got these things lined up. And I, I don't know, it's just I love hearing about the processes that artists go through in order to make just a single track come to life. Uh, what else have you got that you're currently working on? I'm sure there's kind of a lot coming down the pipes. Well, my plan is to put out four singles before my album. Okay. I'm giving myself lots of space and lots of time to do that, especially considering that um, restrictions are always coming up and then going back down. And I don't Word, want to pressure yeah. myself into dates that I can't complete. Uh, so my goal is to put out four singles and to ultimately have my album ready for November. For November. And how many tracks are we going to see on the album? Uh, my goal is 12, maybe 13. Well, dope. And so for the four singles, are we going to see uh, a lot of audiovisual content attached to it? Yes, there's going to be a video for every single track that I put out before the album. So you're heavy working on your content. You've got a lot coming through this year. What else? I know just because it's like the lay low years, we've got the COVID, like like you said, the restrictions rolling through. They're changing the scene every, every now and then. What else as an artist uh, are you focused on in terms of your development other than just putting out the content and, and making the content uh, meaty? I'm really focused on doing a lot of writing behind the scenes because I feel like it's very easy for me to make like some good tracks and be like, okay, these are it. I don't want to write anything else because I don't want to, you know what I mean? It's just like, no, I have to keep on writing and writing and writing and getting better and better and better and constantly upping myself. So not necessarily writing for the purpose of putting out a track, but writing for the purpose of practicing writing. Yeah. And then who knows? It might create something amazing. So that's more or less the main focus other than actually creating the content is is working on those kind of like flexing the muscles that it takes to create that content. Yeah. And writing is definitely a muscle because if I look at my writing that I did for Glory compared to the writing for this album, it's completely different. You're proud of yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, I, am. I love that. That makes me excited too. Because, or what's your opinion, your express opinion on the Canadian underground hip hop scene? I think it's good, but I think we can do better. A hundred percent. I feel like there is a degree of unity, but I feel like we need a little bit more. And I feel like the one spot in Canada that's getting it 
right is Toronto. Um, because you see how many artists are coming out of there and how many artists go there specifically to come out of there. Um, So I think the rest of Canada could really model itself um, with Toronto and take um, their scene into consideration when thinking of how to build up our own. Interesting. I like the word you use there, unity. I feel like that actually is the key. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they all work together. They're always working together. And second up to that, I would say is BC, because even BC compared to Nova Scotia, the work ethic out there is ridiculous. People are shooting videos 24-7, always in the studio, always coming out with music. It's just a different type of drive. And we should take notes from that. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today, Shay. We're, we're hitting our overtime here. Is there anything that yeah, you want to sign off? Yeah, no, I, I love it, though. This was a great chat. Thank you. Thank you so much again for joining me today, Shay Pitt. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. You take care, eh? For sure. You too. Okay, peace. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Shay Pitt. If you want to learn a little bit more about her, head on down to www.reevolvemedia.com slash Shay Pitts. And we are going to listen to another track by her. This one is titled Crying. Enjoy and take care. It's Shay Pitts. Look. Bitch, you got me fucked up. You think I don't know you lying? For real? You must not know who you trying. I ain't vibing, can't deny it. And you won't have me reminding that you got me fucked up. If you think I'm up here crying, bitch, please. You think I don't know you lying? For real? You must not know who you trying. I ain't vibing, can't deny it. And you won't have me reminding that you got me fucked up. If you think I'm up here crying, 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 crying. I ain't vibing, can't deny it. And you won't have me reminding that you got me fucked up. If you think I'm up here crying, I'm the shiner, prima donna. I'm one, I'm the one. I was messing with your kinda just for fun. Gotta run, gotta take a break as commas, baby. I'm a boss bitch and a lady. Can nobody shame me to anyone? I'm the sun. I'll find a better candidate. Don't talk for Rocker Harrison. I'm talking goals in class, and with you, there's no comparison. And all my exes panicking, they stuck to me like laminate. I know I will find better with the good vibes I channeled in. Yeah, clear vision. I paired that shit up with my intuition. That's how I could tell you it's still fucking other bitches. Uh-huh. Don't you know how many people got your girl up on their wish list? I don't know you lying for real. You must not know who you trying. I ain't vibing, can't deny it. And you won't have me reminding that you got me fucked up. If you think I'm up here crying, bitch, please. You think I don't know you lying for real. You must not know who you trying. I ain't vibing, can't deny it. And you won't have me reminding that you got me fucked up. If you think I'm up here crying, 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 crying. I ain't vibing, can't deny it. And you won't have me. Not my obligation, God bless me with the clap Cause you show me time's a waste and yeah. so you fade away Yeah, bitch, you fade And I make my way to a new vibration I've been waiting for this moment, yeah, my pride you cannot take from me I parted from your hate and see and stuck with what was made for me I make sure to move graciously and thank everyone gratefully You swore that you would change, but all I got was latency oh, you lying on my name, but I keep it quiet tastefully My body is a temple and I treat it all so sacredly Don't wanna see me shine from the east to the bay But I'm gon' feast, gon' buffet, I'm gon' eat in every way Keep you think I don't know you lying? For real? You must not know who you trying. I ain't vibing, can't deny it. And you won't have me reminding that you got me fucked up. If you think I'm